We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players, authors, content creators, and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips. Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to perpetualchesspod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Adult Improver edition of Perpetual Chess. This, of course, is a, it comes out every five or six weeks. I interview someone from the chess community to share their chess improvement reflections, an accomplished amateur. And before we introduce our guest this week, someone that I think a lot of you will know, uh, I'd like to just go over a couple of things. Number one, a quick reminder, if you or if you're interested in being an adult improver guest, or if you think someone that you know would be a good guest, uh, the best way to communicate that is to follow the link that I will put in the show description. Then it goes to an online form where I have them all in one place and just provide a brief description of, of what you think is compelling about your story. I'm interested more in the story than in any exact rating gains. And a few of the recent guests have 
um, I have discovered through this forum. So if you are interested, please don't be shy. Um, number two, I'd also like to give thanks to all of the per Perpetual Chess Patreon subs, past, present, and future ones. But And of course, depending on the subscription level, Patreon subs can get access to special events, ad-free episodes, and of course, submit questions for our guests. And in this particular episode, I'd like to give a special shout out to the most recent Queen and Rook level supporters, Rick Chlopan, Tim Ever, Keith Veris, Kai Alexander Liss, Wayne Bro, Jason Santa Cruz, which might not be his real name, but that's okay. You don't need to put your real name. Craig Carson, Abdul Rahman, Al Humadan, and Jay Allen. So with those housekeeping matters out of the way, let's introduce our guest. She is a chess mom, a chess wife, and a very dedicated improver. Our guest has a background in programming, but keeps busy helping her husband, Grandmaster Ben Feingold, run his Twitch and YouTube channels, and previously the Chess Club and Scholastic Center of Atlanta. Those of you who have heard my most recent interview with Ben Feingold in May of 2022 may have heard him mention that his wife, Karen, is getting coaching and studying three hours per day. They're winding down a very active summer of traveling and OTB play, including the National Open, the Chicago Open, the World Open. So I thought it was the perfect time to welcome Karen to the show and to discuss her chess improvement journey. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you, Karen. You've got an outline pinned to your Twitter bio that goes through your study log. And it's impressive stuff, <laughs> Karen. So it, it looks to me like you're averaging about three hours per day. Um, and, you know, to to quote my friend Avtek Gregorian, he likes to start with why. So my question <laughs> for you, Karen, is why work so hard in chess? I know you've got a lot of responsibilities as a parent, wife, and coworker. So why hit the book so hard? Well, I love chess. <laughs> and part of the fun for me um, is, is the learning part. And also, I do want to see my rating go up. And it can't all be about the rating. And it can't all be about accomplishments because I'm older. So obviously, I'm not going to get a lot of fancy titles. But um, you can still have goals at any age. And so I really was dissatisfied for a while with loving chess so much, but not being able to study it. Because when we had the chess club, I was just simply too busy. So I played a lot and I certainly was a house player. I was quite often what they call the playing TD, where I was tournament director. And then I would just go sit down and play whoever needed somebody to play them. But that's not really the same as studying and then and then playing, trying to apply your knowledge. And so I had been wanting to do that the whole time we had the club. So it was seemed like the opportune time to finally um, see what I could do and, you know, take take the extra time that I had now without the club and, and try to study and see if I can improve. Yeah, and and again, you're you're not half-assing it. I'm really no. impressed with the work ethic. I'm all <laughs> in. I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I checked out your your rating history. Um, your USCF peak was uh fourteen twenty one, and it looks like you're getting close. So I know that like when you go go game by game, I think often it can be there's always going to be ups and downs, and it can be frustrating at times. Mm -hmm. But but Karen, how do you feel about the progress as you reflect on? Uh, specifically your most recent tournaments uh, here in the summer of 2022? Yeah. Well, you know, 
like any chess player, I'm always wanting more. And, and it's, it is a bit of a roller coaster sometimes because I do care a lot about chess. And it's disappointing if you put a lot of time into it and then you have a bad tournament um, and then you have a good tournament. So it's kind of up and down. But I have gone up recently. Um, I was disappointed with my world open, but um, I think at the end of the day, it was a little bit too many back-to-back tournaments. Um, and I was very tired. I did the Chicago Open. Then I did the Las Vegas, the, the women's, um, forgot the side of it, exact name there. And then the National Open, you know, several games in a row there. Then I had a week off and then I did the Women's World Open and then the World Open. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And so what I found what I found was I did gain points every tournament, but the Women's World Open I gained about maybe 50 or so. And that only gained three in the main, in the world open. And I really was just not to have all these excuses. I was really tired and burned out and I don't like to withdraw from tournaments. So I just pushed through. And um, so how do I feel? Your question was, how do I feel? It's up and down, but I feel good about it. And I definitely feel like that I understand chess better. And I feel like that my rating is going to go up to a new peak. um, Hopefully by the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah, and and later on, I want to hear what what your plans are for the for the rest of the year. A couple points I want to highlight because as we record this, uh, you guys have been releasing from the Twitch stream video recaps where you and Ben look at your games together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, as we record this, there's only three rounds up from the World Open, but. In one of them, I did hear you say that you were playing the World Open, but the aforementioned women's uh, World Open event at the same time. And yeah, when I watch that, um, I'm in my 40s. Correct me if I'm wrong, Karen, but you're you're over 50, correct? Yeah, I'm 56. <laughs> yeah, so I, I try to pace myself. I try not to, like, if I have to play two games in a day, I accept it, but anything more than two, I'm just going to take a bye or something. So I was... I was impressed <laughs> with with your work ethic. So I can imagine, as you say, that it must be quite tiring towards the end of the summer. I should have taken some buys in the World Open, but I don't take buys and I don't withdraw. But I would consider taking some buys in the future. That was it was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think some strategic buys are in order. I wouldn't make it like a point of pride if I were you. Oh yeah. You. Well, it's also greed. I want to while I'm there play some chess and. Um, but um, I think that I don't necessarily need the buys if I had had not done so many back-to-back tournaments. And part of that was an accident. I wasn't planning originally to do the Women's and the National Open in Vegas, but Ben was working there. So, and um, I, I love poker. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I can do this chess and maybe sneak in some poker. And I did. But it was it did affect um, how I felt at the World Open. Yeah, I don't know. As as a fellow uh, poker and chess enthusiast, I found I, they both have their place in the world. But I I found they don't mix particularly well. <laughs> like especially for me, at least playing poker in the middle of a chess tournament. Well, can be a- I didn't, but if um, I know people that did, yeah, I actually didn't. I we waited till the chess. Ben asked me one night. He wasn't playing chess all day. I mean, he was doing analysis, but, you know, my games sometimes go five hours. And so one day, you know, I had three games when, when the women's was ending and, 
and the main event started, but he asked me to go play poker. And I said, are you kidding me? I'm going to bed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to bed, but we did go Sunday night after the tournament ended. We went and had a great time playing poker. And then we played that the chess festival poker tournament the next day. So I sneaked a little in at the back end. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good way to do it. That's the pro move right, right there. And Karen, as you mentioned, and Ben mentioned, when I spoke with him, you prefer slow games. You you don't like this action chess. So part of the reason, of course, you guys are like chess celebrities. So there's um there's something to be said for you traveling and meeting people. And and as you said, Ben was there in a professional capacity in Vegas. Um, but you mentioned earlier, and Ben also did when when we were recording, that you do prefer the slow games because obviously one potential solution for how exhausting it can be for us older players, how exhausting tournament chess could be, is to play faster games. But so, what is it about classical chess that makes you prefer like taking these long flights and going to these big tournaments in order to get the slow games in? Okay, well, it's kind of. Funny because my my thinking has changed a little bit on it. I do still prefer a long game, but if you'd asked me, you know, three four years ago, I would have said, you know, G one twenty or longer. But you know, I actually do prefer just a straight G ninety D five format or increment, you know, but something a little longer, but maybe not quite as long as stretching into five five and a half hours, you know, but. But I do like the the length as opposed to a G30 as comparison because that's also regular rated length, but it's much shorter. Um, I don't know if it's because of my age or um, just my preference, but I can't um, can't think as well. So it's a little bit frustrating for me to do a G30, but I do acknowledge that the longer format, you know, I'm tired. So it's sort of a trade-off. Maybe it's more tiring to have the more time, but I think I, I play better chess with, with more time. Yeah. I struggle with that trade-off too, because uh, I'm the type of person who, however much time you give me in a slow game, I'll use it. <laughs> um, and my opponent won't necessarily. So on the one hand, that can be an advantage. But on the other, I do get tired. So I've come around to a similar point of view, Karen, like 90 minutes with like a 30 second increment or something for the game um, to me is is kind of like ideal, even though I'll probably get in time trouble, like um, at least uh Towards the end of the tournament, I'll hopefully still have some energy. And of course, I like it when they keep it shorter and then give you like an extra hour in between. Like I would take that trade off personally, as opposed to just like have to eat fast food or something in between rounds. Um, Yeah, that is tough. Yeah. And then so and you've been going to the big tournaments. Um, Do you guys do you play much? I mean, obviously, at your chess center, you played locally, as you alluded to. But do you do you play much locally now that your chess center is uh, changing hands? Well, no. And so we when we um, sold the chess club, our last day there was November 30th of last year. And our good friend, Justin Morrison, of Kid Chess um, took it over uh, or bought us out, um, and he he calls it the Chess Zone. He's been a little bit slow to start. Uh, he hasn't had any um, adult tournaments until I think last week, actually. 
Um, I think he's had a couple of maybe free, I'm not even sure what he's had, camps and things for, for children. So we haven't really been able to return to our previous chess club and play there, although I, I will once he has events. He just started a weekly event on Tuesday nights in the last week or two. So there aren't a lot of um, places or events to play in Atlanta right now. I think there's a little bit of a vacuum now because we closed, you know, and were bought out by Justin and Chess Zone. And they're still, you know, they've got such a thriving in-school program that's keeping them pretty busy. But I know he's going to be adding events. But right now we don't have that quite yet, really. Um, Thad Rogers has not been holding tournaments because that was disrupted by the pandemic. And so really there's, there is a Friday night G30, um, but there's not a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as we discussed game 30, like that's a separate (laughs) thing. Um, so, um, so what do you guys have? I mean, I know you're, you're having, catching your breath now from a busy, um, busy schedule, but do you know what your next tournament or tournaments will be, Karen? Yeah. So I was just looking for that because, um, I feel like that I would like to do one in the next month or two. Um, And so I was trying to find, I couldn't quite find the right tournament for me. There's one, I think it's the Las Vegas Open, maybe the end of August, but I can't do that one because it's right before um, my older son goes back to college. And so I, you know, want to be here to see my children. And so I, I, I do need to find one. I know Labor Day, a lot of, um, or some states have their state championships. So it might be that we even jump in on the Michigan Open or some other, but we haven't made the decision yet. Ben has um, decided not to play anymore. And so um, it, it could be that I just go by myself somewhere. <laughs> wow. I, I- I still find it hard to believe. Um, by the way, just for listeners, we should say we're recording this August 1st, and I recently recorded an interview, Karen, with uh, Grandmaster Alex Fishbein. I, th- I think it's going to come out before this one, but we were mentioning Ben's retirement, and he said, Ben's not going to retire. I know he said he did. I know he said he would, but he'll be back. <laughs> how, do you, how do you respond to this allegation? Well, I don't know. I've, I have felt for some time that he hasn't enjoyed playing tournaments the way that I enjoy playing tournaments. And I totally understand why, although he and I haven't really talked about the why, but I think I understand why, which is if you look at somebody in their 50s, he's already peaked. And so he does, there's only one way to go and that's down. (laughs) And to even maintain that kind of level um, you have to put in some time to study, to keep it fresh. And understandably, if you've already done that your whole life, you're just not dying to be doing some tactics and study and openings. You know, there are a few, but you know, look at there, there are many grandmasters that um, dial it back and maybe don't even play tournaments anymore. I do think he'll play occasionally, even though he says no. 
Yeah, that's sort of my guess. And I do want to, um, I do want to mention like, Karen, you're, I think, going to hit a new high soon. Um, so you're saying the only way to go is down, but that's because Ben's at such a high level. I think for, for listeners, yes. you know, for listeners, adult amateurs, um, don't give up. You know, you can still make incremental progress, I think. It's just that when you're a grandmaster and you're competing with these these other monsters, it, I total, like you say, I get it. The amount of work that is required just to maintain a level is daunting. And, and also, you know, you've accomplished so much that I think it can be harder to, um, to disassociate yourself from the results than it. I mean, I, I find that hard, you know, even at, at my level. And I think anyone finds it hard if they're not playing near their peak. But obviously, the better you were, I think the, the, the harder psychologically that could be. Yes, I totally agree with all that. And it is different for me. I didn't even start playing until I was almost 50. You know, regularly, I didn't know all the rules. I had played a little bit as a kid. But um, so for me, it's different. I do believe I can go up in spite of my age. And I'm um, enjoying learning chess. And it's just different for me, for sure, because I haven't already peaked. And I'm never going to get to the kind of peak that, you know, Ben saw and, and but I can get to something that's satisfying for me. Excellent. And you did mention uh, earlier that you have some goals. Uh, what are those goals? <laughs> so my, um, I guess my first just very short term goal is I'm trying to get um, up to 1500. I think that's a reasonable goal. I've been in the 14s before. Right now I'm almost at 1,400. So I think you have to set small goals. And then the other thing is I have other achievable study goals that bring me happiness. You know, I just finished my first chess book on my own finally. And I got my tactics rating up. has gone up um, probably about 800 points since I started studying, awesome. I started doing the three hours a day sometime in mid, maybe mid January. And so my tactics rating has gone way up. And I think that that's going to help with, um, with my over the board rating as well. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I, I think you can, you can crack 1500 for sure. For one thing, I love that you always play up. I think that's, that's quite admirable and, and will help a lot in, in the long run. And the book you mentioned, it's uh, How to Beat Your Dad in Chess. Is yeah. That, is that right? It's a really, yeah. it's a really great book for my level. And it actually ties in really well with all the tactics I've been doing. And basically, I feel like the book is maybe a little bit, maybe not named very well, but it's really just a book with common mating patterns and gives a few examples, but they're not overwhelming. I think when you're low rated like I am, it takes, um, it's hard to visualize all the positions. I didn't have to actually set these up. I am good enough that I could visualize and read through it. But when I looked at this book the first time a couple of years ago, I was having to set the positions up. And so it makes it a little bit harder to get through a book if you're lower rated. So that right there shows that I, I've improved a lot. My visualization is enough that I can read through the book and I don't have to set up the positions on a board. 
That's great. Yeah. And and I agree that it's a it's a great choice for around your level. I also I don't know if you do any chessable, Karen, but I like the uh, checkmate patterns manual, which is a good uh, supplement to it because it's like it's like how to beat your dad in chess on steroids. Because yeah. it has a lot of the same checkmate patterns, but then like, you know, 10 different permutations instead of I think it's four per page and uh, or like four per puzzle in, in how to beat your dad in chess. Yeah, well, thank um, you for mentioning that. I'll check that. Out. I have looked at some of the chessable course offerings. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a good one for sure. And and like I said, you'll you'll feel like you're. It's like when you um, it's like you already did the pretest sort of thing. Um, but anyway, Karen, you you mentioned a bit about your chess background, your chess origins. I want to go deeper into that, Karen. But first, we're gonna take a break and uh, hear from our sponsors. Our friends at aimchess.com continue to roll out new features all the time. Some of the latest include a training room where you can work on tactics, advantage capitalization, blunder prevention, tons of stuff. They've got their own analysis board. And of course, they still have my favorite feature, which enables you to do large scale review of your games and look for patterns that recur, review the mistakes that you've made in your games, set goals, and the list goes on. Uh, Aim Chess is well worth checking out. And if you decide to subscribe, please use the code perpetual30 or use the link in the show description to save 30% on Aim Chess. Com. Our friends at Chessable.com have been bringing out the heavy hitters lately. Grandmaster Levon Aronian's Beauty of Chess Volume 1 is now available. It teaches you how to think creatively in your games. And you may have heard Grandmaster David Howell discuss his upcoming Grind Like a Grandmaster course with none other than Magnus Carlsen. Well, there's now a free preview of that available on Chessable if you are a Chessable Pro member. Of course, Chessable Pro also gets you access to other special features such as Brian Tillis's recent Olympiad course and lots of other stuff. So whatever you're interested in, just be sure to periodically go to chessable.com, check out what's new, check out what's available for purchase, and check out the freebies that they offer as well on chessable.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back. And Karen did mention that she started playing chess um, about six years ago. But I want to get more details, Karen. So did you... Uh, Probably more like start... eight years. Sorry to interrupt. Probably more like eight years. Oh, okay. But yeah, so so my the first time that I ever played chess, um, I was about six years old. And I remember very clearly because my dad taught me to play chess. And he used to have this um, marble chess set that he got it um when he lived in El Paso, Texas. And um I still see those type chess sets around. Um this one was made in Mexico, I think. But I didn't really play it a lot. My brother and I played um a little bit as kids, but neither one of us knew how to even mate, so we would end up 
chasing each other around the board. <laughs> right. I remember that. Yeah. And not really like understanding that. how to complete a game. And my dad wasn't good enough. So he wasn't really a resource. So I didn't play. And I don't think I knew en passant. And so I really didn't play um, regularly until I had children. And then my, so I was in my thirties when I, I was 37 when I had my first child and um, I had not played in several years and my, he asked to learn to play. And so I taught him to play and I had to actually look up some of the rules to, in order to teach him because I, I knew of the concept of stalemate, but I couldn't remember what it was. So that was my level at that time. But then I went ahead and um, kind of relearned the basic rules and even learned the ba- basic rules so I could teach him. And I played with him a little bit and he lost interest until I had my second child. That's when it changed for me as well. Because it was the same scenario. He asked me to teach him chess. Nobody was even playing chess in my household. I taught him to play chess. He was passionate about chess. I just liked it okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I, you know, but I was, I homeschooled my children at that time. So I thought, well, I have to be a good mom. He's passionate about chess. And so I'm going to play him. He was only three. Oh, wow. And so we played and we played and we played. And then, I was trying to homeschool my older one too. And, and so I um, was balancing all that, but I got my young one even on chess.com. And um, when he was three already, <laughs> wow. and so he and I would play in parallel because I could still beat him, even though he knew the basic rules at three, but certainly by the time he was five, he was better than me. But um, that was sort of the beginning of my love for chess was helping my son develop his passion and then just sort of discovering it for myself. And um, and that's when I started playing a lot, a lot, a lot of chess online was and my late, late thirties, but, but no tournament play. And yeah, no, I was going to ask, well, I guess there was no, I'm sorry. That was really my early forties at that point. Yeah, I was about, I was four, I forgot I was 43 when I had, my second one. <laughs> As you can see, I do things late in life. I have children right. late in life. I learn chess late in life. <laughs> All the more reason to break some records in the, in the chess uh, world. Um, so how did you guys discover tournaments, Karen, you and your family? So yeah, so that's the interesting part. I re- um, and, and sort of pushed me even further to loving chess more. I really didn't know much about tournaments by then um by the time we started tournaments my son archer who is the one that still plays chess um he was about five and a half and i took him to his second tournament ever which was the scholastics in orlando so i took him and at that time i was just an avid online player but i didn't do tactics or anything like that i was real, real busy as a mom. And I was still married to my first husband at that time. And then um, I took him to the Scholastic and he was good enough that his coach at the time, Life Master Dave Vest, said, you know, really, we should just go ahead and put him into some open events. So I said, okay, sure. So I took him to um, the next event was after that Scholastic, I took him to 
um, an open event in Atlanta. And it was uh, he was almost six at that point. And I signed him up for the tournament we go, and we're trying to figure out stuff about tournaments. And I looked around me, and I noticed the sections. I mean, this is how little I know about the tournaments. I'm like, oh, there's a bottom section. And um, I could play in that one because I was just sitting there all day with nothing to do. Like all the parents just sit at these tournaments. I don't know how they do it. I mean, it's so there's nothing. It's boring. So, (laughs) so the very next tournament, I jumped in on it, and I think it was um, one of that. Yeah, one of Thad Robert Rogers tournaments, and um, and I jumped in on it, and I never looked back. It was always my son and I doing tournaments. (laughs) Excellent. So yeah, I just I just kept doing them. And you to your older son who's still playing, correct? No, my younger son, Archer, still plays. My older son didn't really play that much. So I had sort of reacquainted myself with chess some, but I didn't play myself that much, just enough to teach him. And he did play for a couple of years, but I wasn't super involved with playing myself. But when my second, when Archer was born, is when I got more involved and, and sort of fell in love with it. And he does still play. Archer does. My oldest is a math guy. He doesn't ever play chess. Okay. <laughs> but um, And we have a question from Patreon supporter of the pod, or actually a few questions from Lindsay Newhall. She was very interested in a few details of your backstory. So let's start with this one. And I'm sure you've told this on stream, Karen, but it's uh, she'd like to know more about how, how you and Ben met and whether chess was part of that, first of all. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. Um, One of the things that I find annoying, not her question, but related to this is quite often on stream, people will just, you know, say anything on Twitch. But quite often um, people will say that I don't like chess. And they think that I learned chess because I'm married to Ben. Now, it is how I met Ben, and I'll get to that story in a moment. but, But my chess left, you know, has nothing to do with Ben playing chess that's that other than that's how I met him. But um, so I took my two kids to St. Louis in um, 2015. And I, I was there for a math camp that used to be held at Washington university called Epsilon math camp. It's an elite math camp. And my older son, as I mentioned, is very good at math. And um we weren't there for chess at all. And this was about four months after we had started doing tournaments. And so by then Archer was six. And so I Googled, because this wasn't a send away camp. You had to actually be with your child in the dorms. They were at the camp during the day, but then you had to stay with them at night. So we were going. So I Googled and I said, oh, there's a, there's a chess club in the St. Louis. <laughs> I didn't even know about the St. Louis Chess Club, and, I, and there's there's a camp. So I signed Archer up for the camp, and it was Ben and Varakobian were the instructors. And then I also signed him up for a couple of lessons at the club, and they were, and I was also doing the lesson with him. And Ben was was the one we were getting lessons with. So that's how I ended up meeting Ben. Is when we came to the camp and took the lessons. And, and he um, asked me out and, and that was history. Excellent. <laughs> we yeah. started dating long distance and then eventually when it became more serious, um, 
you know, we got engaged and then he moved to Atlanta. So we got to hear about the Feingold charm, Karen. Did, was he funny when he asked you out? <laughs> how, how did that go? <laughs> well, yeah, he was funny. Um, so we went to see a movie. We went to see Trainwreck. And he took me to um, a local restaurant there that a lot of people that go to the St. Louis Chess Club would know about. I think it's called Barcelona. So we went to dinner and a movie. I thought it was charming and funny. But I didn't take it too seriously because it was long distance. And, um, you know, I, I lived in Atlanta, live in Atlanta, uh, Roswell, right north of Atlanta. So I didn't take it too seriously. But it was fun to go out with him, certainly while I was there. But then, then after I returned to Atlanta, he came down a couple of times to take me out. So, um, you know, and over time it did become more serious. And... um Obviously, our common love of chess, you know, brought us together. Excellent. Yeah, now obviously providing lots of entertainment. Um, and Lindsay had a couple more questions, which are somewhat related. Um, number one is she'd like to know if you think how you might be perceived or treated differently in the chess world, A, because you're a female player, and B, because you're married to a grandmaster. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good question. Um, I would say that people th perceive it as um, I'm sitting around all the time and Ben's instructing me all the time. And that's really not what's going on. You know, when we're not streaming, you know, I understandably Ben doesn't want to sit around all the time, you know, talking about chess. And so we have normal, you know, lives. So that's one misconception, I think, because I'm married to a grandmaster. Um, they think I have this huge advantage. I do have an advantage in the sense that if I'm reading a chess book or if I don't understand something, obviously I can go ask Ben, Hey, what does this mean? And I do, but at the end of the day, a lot of my chess study is really just me on my own studying. That's the way it has to be. Um, and so that's one thing. With regards to um, being a female player, you know, I don't worry too much about it all. I think that there is a rampant sexism and what have you, but maybe because I'm older you know, I just don't concern myself too much with any of that hoo-ha. I don't really care so much. <laughs> it's so, not going to keep me from playing chess. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that's what we, <laughs> unfortunately. And not even really are. bothered that much. You know, a lot, of, a lot of chess players are younger than me anyway, so I can just mom them to death if they say something I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but do you encounter much of that? Do you, do you... Um, you know... No. Oh, good. <laughs> no, Glad to hear it. No, I don't. I yeah, but it's um, it's the world. So you, it's going to be a microcosm of the world we live in, but yeah. not so much, really. Yeah, and that might be another case where you're like somewhat insulated from it because, like, you're, you know, you guys are like chess celebrities. So even if someone was going to be rude, they might not be rude to you. Um, <laughs> so, but in any event, well, I'm glad. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, now I told. I can tell you, I 
I don't want to retell the whole story because it has some foul language in my story, but I, I'm going to tell you just a snapshot of it. The worst thing that I ever encountered was actually with this local guy um, had had come to the club a couple of times and you know, very strange interactions where he was telling me what to do at my own club. And, but I was very nice and professional, but then another time he came and he wanted to put his flyers out. And I said, I said, no, but very nicely. And it did get into a thing and he was very demeaning to me. And I, I can't say it was, it's because I'm a woman. I don't know that because I don't know, know this guy really well, but it, it did feel a little bit like that of, um, talking down to me a little bit and you know and I cussed him out good okay <laughs> told me to get the f out of the club and that's I don't nice. regret it and I stand by it but that's really rare and it, it is like you said you know maybe people are nicer to me because I am married to a grandmaster and I don't know I'm not really a celebrity Ben's a celebrity I do get recognized but I don't view myself that way at all I'm sort of every man or everyone okay. excellent yeah <laughs> Cool. Well, Karen, let's bring it back to chess improvement. And actually, the first thing I want to talk about is a sponsored segment we do, Karen, called the Chess Dot Bomb. Now, for for this segment, Karen, I know you mentioned earlier that you like to do chess.com puzzles. Is that correct? Yeah. So what's your routine there? I mean, some of it I can see on your spreadsheet, but like, do you have a goal for how much time you want to do per day or how do you approach your chess.com puzzle doing? Right. So some of that is based on obviously what I have, how much time I have that day and my mood. One of the things that I dialed back a lot on back in mid-January when I started my three hours a day routine and regimen is that I wanted to play less blitz. And so I still play a little, but I'm trying, if I do play blitz, I don't count it for hmm. every time as my three hours because it's not really a lot of learning going on there, you know, but it, I do enjoy it. I'm not going to stop doing it. But so my, my routine would typically be, 30 minutes to an hour at a time. And I just sit down and just do, do um, tactics trainer rated puzzles um, on chess.com. And then I might have to go do something else, you know, clean the house, take a kid to school, do something <laughs> in my life. And then I come back and I do some more. And then I, I actually time it um, so that that way, if I only have 20 minutes, I can just at least capture that. Because sometimes you have to just squeeze it into your day where you can. And so I may not have three hours all at once, but I certainly have 20 minutes. And so that's generally what I do. And I try to mostly do puzzles or the book. Um, and I also do like some of the drills and videos on chess.com as well. And occasionally I'll do some other learning on Google you know, an opening and read it on wiki or whatever. I'll do other things like that too. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, puzzles are a great way to do it. And you, you do a bit of puzzle rush too, Karen? I do. I haven't probably haven't been doing that for about a month or so. Um, 
I switched over to focusing more heavily on on the rated puzzles, but um, I do Puzzle Rush some too. Okay, cool. Um, well, listeners, obviously these are features available for premium members, so we will put a link in, link in the show description. And uh, if you are interested in signing up, be sure to use it. And this concludes the chest dot bomb. But obviously, bringing it back to a related subject, Karen, I mean, that spreadsheet is so impressive. So, and listeners, I'll link to that too. Again, it's pinned on Karen's Twitter profile. Um, but what was the impetus for actually tracking your chest study uh, so assiduously as you do on that spreadsheet, logging what you do and the amount of time? And like when you have a lesson, you, you record that as well. Um, what was the inspiration for that, Karen? Yeah, so I I found that um, it keeps me honest because before I started the spreadsheet, I was just sort of ballparking it in my mind. Oh, I think I did about this. But I have a lot of interruptions. And that is one problem that a lot of adults face Mm -hmm. is we have crowded, busy lives with a lot of interruptions. And so it was a way for me to, okay, I did 20 minutes let me just write this down. And also I wanted to track um, what I was doing so that if I did improve or didn't improve, I could go back and look at there's a paper trail and say, okay, why am I not getting better? Or, oh, yay, I am getting better. What am I? Let's keep keep it up. And so um, also I did have a couple of people on the stream ask if they could see it because I mentioned on the stream, on Ben's stream, that I had a log. And so that's why I published it is because I think other people like to see see what others are up to. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I'm again, I think it's a great idea. I encourage more people to to do this. And maybe I I'm, you know, my study goes in fits and starts, and I was on a good run for months. I'm kind of just doing like 15 minutes a day lately. So maybe I, maybe I need a log myself now. Uh, Karen, you mentioned on the log that you get lessons both from. Um, from your stepson, Ben's son, Spencer, and uh-huh. from Aviv Friedman. That's right. Yeah, shout out to Aviv. I haven't seen him in decades, but of course, uh, uh, know him from back in the day in, in the New York area. So what kind of stuff do you typically cover with uh, both with Spencer and with Aviv? Yes, yeah, so it's interesting because um, they're, they're di- both good instructors, but they're, they have... Um, different approaches and I don't know if I can even articulate it but with Aviv I think the thing that's so hugely valuable is his many many years of instruction and he has these amazing positions in his library of positions that he's used for years with his students that are very instructive very instructive and he also reviews my games with me. Spencer um, is very good at going over openings. So I've gone over openings with Spencer, and then we tend to do classic games. So I do different things with the two guys, and um, and so i just keeping them both around for now. That's great. <laughs> And how many lessons, like how how many lessons are you getting in a typical week? How much time? Right. So I have one one lesson a week with Aviv and for one hour. And then Spencer is a little bit more 
um, erratic with scheduling. But when I have one with Spencer, it's usually a two-hour block um, of time. And so I probably get a lesson from Spencer every three weeks, I would say, on average. But then it's a two-hour block. Gotcha. And, you know, in your log and in our conversation, so you've mentioned the tactics. You've mentioned uh, how to beat your dad in chess, which is related to the tactics. You've mentioned lessons in game analysis. Now, what about openings, Karen? I mean, I did watch a few of the postmortems on the channel. It looked like your openings were solid, but what's your approach to openings? So, well, like I was saying, Spencer has gone over my openings with me um, the most, but Aviv certainly goes over my opening play when he goes over my games. And I'm pretty, I'm a little weak, I think, in opening play. Um I don't enjoy it as much as in-game study or or tactics or other areas. I find it to be um, less fun, but I I need to do more of it. Okay. <laughs> and I think part of that was um, until recently I wasn't very good in chess base, but now I'm pretty good in chess base. And so what I'd like to do. Um, at some point soon is integrated as part of my routine going over my openings in chess base and sort of look using that tool to look at games and you can look at grandmaster games that follow. And I think I I am ready to do that is to, to work a little bit more on my openings than I have been. I've been a little slack with the openings. Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as often comes up on the podcast to me, it, it all comes down to, to what's deciding one's games. I mean, um, again, I only saw a small sample of your games, but you, you seem to, to come out okay from the opening yeah, um, in those games. But more importantly, when you do talk to Aviv and Spencer and form your own judgments, or even when Ben looks at your games with you on stream, um, what do you feel like are your, your strengths and weaknesses uh, for, for your level? With openings or in general? Just in general. Well, my biggest weakness is um not aggressive enough too passive and i have changed that i am finally getting acknowledgement even from ben that's great (laughs) that i'm less passive but i'm i'm still not where i want to be with regards to being more aggressive and um and i will when I first started playing tournaments, I had a serious problem with management, managing my time. And I feel like I've actually overcome that to the point where, and I did this by playing a lot of three minute on, on um, chess.com that has actually, in my view, helped me with time management and a longer time control um, because just forcing me to make some decisions. And so I wouldn't consider my time management to be, I guess, a weakness anymore, but it was previously. But definitely, I need to be more aggressive in my play. I mean, first of all, that's great that you've made progress on time management. It's it's so psychological that I know that some people just can never can never solve that problem. Um, And yeah, in terms of playing more aggressive, I feel like for people who learn chess as an adult. 
And especially like the older you get, I think it's kind of natural because as we get older, we become more risk averse. So it's hard to just like let it fly on the chessboard, you know, if, uh, mm -hmm. if you don't if you don't learn to do it as a kid. Right. And there's I don't know if it's because if, if there's any I don't know if there's any natural tendencies. You know, you hear sometimes people will say, oh, women are just more this way and men are just more this way. And then we all say, but what about Judith? Right. Yes. Fierce. <laughs> she yeah. was attacking. So I don't really know about all that. Um, I just know that my natural tendency is, is for symmetry and carefulness. And really, you got to have a messy attacking chessboard. And so I'm just constantly pushing myself to move away from my natural tendency, which is to be safe and solid and risk averse. Okay. And, and I have the same problem in, in poker, but less so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be hard to break in both of them. Did your coaches give you, like, was there any particular advice that resonated from Spencer or Aviv or Ben that, that helped you uh, make some progress in, on this <laughs> front? Um, you know, they're just always trying to encourage me. But um, I will say one thing that Aviv said that, fairly recently that I always try to keep in my mind is he's, he's like, come on, have some fun already. <laughs> have some fun. And I'd rather see you have some fun and make a bad, for me, I need to make some bad sacrifices. Just make them because right. it's important for me to make them, whether they're good or bad. And then we'll work on making the good ones. And so I actually am encouraged by Aviv, go for it. You know, sack that piece. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think it's a it's a very common problem. So hopefully, um, hopefully listeners um, find that helpful. Now, one other thing I wanted to follow up on, Karen, is the aforementioned your your willingness to play up to always play tougher competition. Um, how did you come to that approach? Is that something you've been doing all along? Well, when I played at our own chess club, I played a lot of lower rated people and, you know, higher rated just because my job was first and foremost to have a good tournament and make the customers happy and, and, and have an opponent. So I think that did hurt my rating a little, um, to play so many lower rated kids. Um, but I, I would do it again in a heartbeat because that's, that's what my goal was, was to have a good club. But that being said, I think that um, there are a lot of benefits to playing up. Number one, you gain more points if you win, and you lose less if you lose. Yeah, it's true. And number two, um, the games are more interesting. If I play people that play like me, they're all playing passive and safe and boring, <laughs> and I can't learn how to play the way I want to play if I'm playing people at my level. I don't want to play like me. I want to play like someone better. So playing up does allow me and um, to play better players. And I feel like I learn more from it and it is demoralizing because you lose more games, but it, it, it can't be any other way. I, I just enjoy the games more. That's great. Yeah. And you're, you're rated like 1390 and you're typically playing under 1800. Is that right, Karen? Yeah. Either under 18 or under 17. If, if the tournament allows it, you know, playing up. Yeah, I think that they definitely should allow at least one section. I get that, you know, it can be overrun if they allow too much, but I'm definitely in favor. I, you know, I'm always encouraging people to play up, and I 
try to practice what I pe- preach um, mm-hmm. when I get to play. And Karen, I, I had one other question, um, which is, again, I'm just so impressed when I look at your study log, and I can't help but wonder, it's like, you know, some days you'll have an hour and a half, some days you might have four hours, but overall, it averages quite a healthy work ethic. And I'm just curious, are there days where you feel like you're dragging? Are there days where you don't want to do it? Or do you feel like you love chess enough where it, it's if the time is there, you're going to study? Mm-hmm. Um. There, there are certainly days where I enjoy it more than others. I would say most days I enjoy it and want to do it. But there are certainly days where I don't want to do it. Okay. You got to do it. It's wow. a discipline. You know, if you're a music student or you're training for a marathon or you're doing this, or you're doing that, you know, you, you're just not going to always want to do it every day. So you just got to try to do it most days, whether you want you. to or not. <laughs> and is it the type of thing where if you don't like going to the gym, sometimes people say like, you know, if you just like go to the gym and stay for two minutes and leave, you've done your job because at least you went and then maybe you'll get inspired. You know, like once you start studying, do you then tend to get in the groove or sometimes are you kind of dragging the whole time? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I will get in the move and then sometimes, you know, just in the best, but I just try to get through it and finish it and focus. And But most of the days, you know, I enjoy it. That's great. But I'm like anybody, there's some days, you know, where you feel tired or sick or down or you have just a bad day yeah you even had notes in your sheet a couple of them like was in a bad mood today it was tough yeah Yeah, i I don't even remember now why but i felt down for a couple of days man i just had to push through i was like man this is not good i do not i feel just mentally down and then you know i bounced back and felt normal again that's great well (laughs) It's an admirable approach all around, Karen. I'm excited to see, first of all, you get that rating high. Although, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I do I do like your chances. It um, better happen. <laughs> yeah, we, tr- we try not to be too results-oriented in- unless we succeed. And, and then, it's o- then it's okay to be results-oriented. Um, so, Karen, do you have any uh, closing advice, parting wisdom from, from what you've learned so far in, uh, in all these hours of work that you put in? Closing advice. Well, you know, there, there's a lot of embarrassment in chess. You know, people are very embarrassed about their performances. And I myself get embarrassed. And I see people tweet and they're embarrassed. And at all levels. And I would say just as an older person, you know, playing chess, and this is also advice to myself, you just enjoy it and live your life. And don't worry so much about if you lost all your games and what so-and-so might think or say. You know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You just need to. Um, and, and also, don't compare yourself to other people's journey. Just try to. It's your own journey. And that's the way I'm looking at it is I'm not trying to be a grandmaster. I'm comparing myself to my. I've got my own goals in my own history of chess, and I want to improve over that and not over what person X, Y, or Z is doing. Great chess advice and great life advice there, Karen. Yeah, and and I, I struggle with it too. So um, 
definitely uh, needed. And you all, we all, we all need to remind ourselves is what I'm trying to say. And last but not least, Karen, anything in particular that we should be watching for from from you and Ben from all of the content that 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 Ben puts his name on, but you work <laughs> on behind the scenes just as much. <laughs> yeah, I do all of our technology and kind of set things up. Well, we don't have anything special planned at the moment, but I, I would like to do more collaborations. And I think that'll help keep the stream fresh. So I, I would say look for that to come. We're going to try to do some more collaborations with Eric Rosen. And Ben has done a couple with Botez Live and with some other streamers for sure. Excellent. Yeah, we, we will check for that. And of course, listeners probably know to be sure to subscribe to Ben and Karen's two YouTube channels, as well as the Twitch channel. And Karen, speaking of adult improvement, how did you learn to do all the tech stuff that goes into the, the YouTube and Twitch channels? <laughs> well, that's it. That was, um, you know, I used to be a programmer. And so even though that's different, um, you know, at least I don't have a fear of technology. So there's that piece of it. And so when we opened the club, I, I said all along, we're starting a YouTube channel and we're going to take all the lectures from the club and we're going to make videos out of them like he did for St. Louis. And we're going to have our own YouTube channel. So I was actually the original YouTube editor. I didn't, I didn't know anything about editing at all. I didn't, I barely knew how to, some Adobe Photoshop. And so I taught myself to edit and just over time, you know, we order equipment for Ben's stream because I wasn't streaming at that time. And, you know, you just have to figure out how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I did. So I'm actually pretty, pretty good now with, um, with all of the lighting and all the technology, but you just learn over time and you just have to not be afraid. It's stressful, but you just have to Google, you just Google how to do it. Excellent. Yeah. Bit by bit, just like chess. Brick yeah, by brick. Bit. Brick yeah. by brick. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, Karen, this has been great as expected. I will, of course, link to the to your channels and uh and yeah, happy to um happy to talk and uh looking forward to eventually seeing you at one of these tournaments. Definitely. And it's been a privilege. Thank you so much for inviting me on your on your podcast. I appreciate it so much. Oh, my pleasure, Karen. Take care. Okay, bye bye. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. Big shout out to my producer, Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with whom we are proud to be affiliated. Be sure to follow us on social media, Beneficial1 on Twitter, at Perpetual Chess on Instagram, and or you can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group. You can email me, ben at perpetualchesspod.com. And of course, last but not least, I'd like to give major thanks to the Perpetual Chess Patreon and PayPal supporters, those who choose to join that community based on their level of support support can do things like submit questions for guests of the show, have access to live Zoom Q&A lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show, going over chess games, answering questions, stuff like that. And you can even get access to ad-free perpetual chess if that's your preference. So, but most of all, thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you all on the next episode.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.